This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, Clock Dodgers, what's up? It's a beautiful day outside. You're healthy, you're smiling, you're wealthy, you're successful. It's all a mind state. Make somebody else's day better today. Before we get into the podcast, I want to talk about the sponsor that's been with us since day one. No halftime, daily fancy sports app where you do player versus player challenges. You can download it on your Android device. You can download it on your iPhone device. Apple device. Is that what it's called? Apple device. Yes. Um, and you can use the promo code CLOCK100 and they'll actually match your deposit up to $100. That's no joke. That's free money. Take it, please. For those who don't know what it is, it's a daily fantasy sports app. Like, for instance, you guys here, me and Adam, we go back and forth every single week. We pit, you know, five challenges against each other every week and we let it add up the tally throughout the year. We're going to see who wins, maybe get a prize for the winner. Um, you can join leagues on there. It's a whole, it's a, it's a cool community. And this is not just, you know, you draft your team and hope you win $100,000. This is like, you know, you can dead your arguments. You can dead the debates with your friends, your family. This is where you settle it. This is like the, you know, the, the fight right here. This is where it's at. This is where you bring it. This is, this is the arena. Arena. Get the app now, use promo code CLOCK100, and you will never look back. I promise. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Episode 46 of the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil. I have my boy Adam here with me. We are doing our Thursday night fantasy football podcast during the Thursday night NFL game, which is as horrible as you imagine as it is every single week. Adam, how have you been doing so far this week, man? Everything good? Oh, man. Having a great week. How about yourself, Neil? I'm doing pretty good up until the fact that I started Don Don Jackson here by accident. Um, other than that, you know, pretty good. I, I try to not play players in this game, and I always say, hey, man, maybe that's just a, you know, old wives' tale. Don't play a player in Thursday night games and stuff. But up until this point, it's kind of ringing true, so it's a little frustrating. But other than that, you know, same old, same old, nothing special. Dude, I don't know why, but every time I hear Don Jackson, all I think is Don Johnson. I've been like thinking it wrong all week, and I couldn't figure out who Don Johnson was, so I just Googled it while you were talking. And apparently he is an actor who uh, is best known for his role on Miami Vice. So uh, I don't know why I knew that or why that name was in my head, but uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, shout out to Don Johnson. Hopefully yeah, he's right. having a better week than Don Jackson. Because um, all, all you Miami Vice fans, yeah, there. got a lot of upset Don Jackson fans right now. So hopefully, you know, Don Johnson and his fans are doing a little better this week. But uh, yeah, man, just pretty much just going with the flow. Um, we have a lot of you know news 
as far as uh, injuries and things like that, obviously, from just from before this game and this game. Um, so a lot of different stuff going on. You want to jump straight into that information? Let's get kind of get it cracking. Yeah, man. Injuries this week are rough, so yeah. let's go with it. All right, cool. So obviously we're watching the Bears-Packers game. Before the game, uh, we found out that Lacey headed to the IR. You know, with the new IR stuff, I'm totally confused. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't understand when someone goes on IR anymore, if they're out for the season, if they're out for eight weeks, <laughs> if they're out for seven weeks. I have no clue what it even means anymore, but I'm assuming he's out for the whole year. I mean, do we have any idea about that? Yeah, my understanding of the designation is it's eight weeks from the week that he goes on. So with that in mind, he would be eligible to be returned in week 15. Uh, but everything I'm reading is basically making it seem like he's not coming back this okay. year. The so, later we get into the year, I think the less likely it is that these guys who go on IR are going to see any sort of return. But who knows? I mean, Green Bay, they still have a chance at a playoff run. So uh, for fantasy, I think he's done. But he could be back for the NFL playoffs, maybe. I mean, right. I don't know too much about the injury. So so if you have him, you're pretty much dropping him. I don't, you know, you obviously can't trade him at this point. Um, I don't see the point in keeping him. I mean, I guess it's really a stretch. But if you want, I guess. But I, I don't know. Would you keep him at this point? Uh, no, I think he's no. a must drop and redraft. I, I just I don't see how you can. I mean, yeah. the best you're hoping for is that he's eligible week 15. And even if you're one of these stupid leagues that has your championship in week 17 and uh, week 15 is the first week of the playoffs or something, I just I don't see how you could start him. So yeah, yeah I, I guess if you have an IR, if you have an IR position, just yeah, I mean. Yeah, definitely. If you have an IR position, I mean, and you don't have any of the, you know, million other players that have been injured this year <laughs> already on it, um, you know, feel free. But, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, I think Eddie Lacy is droppable in uh, all redraft formats. I am one of the lucky souls, and I feel I feel kind of bad. I mean, I traded him the day before he went on IR. Oh, so wow. I feel I feel bad. You know, um, shout out to Swag. That's who I traded him to, and he was he was like the second this happened, he like texted me. And I was at you know here. I'm just doing whatever I'm doing. I get a text message. It's like fuck, and I'm like what? And he's like, hey man, they're about to announce Lacey's going on IR, and I was like, oh god, that's terrible. Because honest, honestly, man, when I traded him, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's out for a few weeks. I'm like, because he just played. You know what I mean? He just played mm-hmm. the game. He was hurtling over guys. So I'm like, you know, maybe he's out for a couple of weeks, and a few weeks. And I'm like, I need a guy now that could just play. I traded him for Giovanni Bernard and, like, uh, Charles Clay or something, you know, just to just to get active players that are actually healthy and alive. And so I trade him, and then that happens the next day. Not even, like, two weeks later, you played him for two weeks, you got something to have him. <laughs> like, literally the next day, less than 24 hours, I get that text message from him. So I felt kind of crappy. But, you know, in those kind of situations, do you feel crappy, man? Or are you like, hey, it's just the way it goes, man? <laughs> I think it depends who I'm trading with. <laughs> yeah, see, I like swag. So I was like, oh, man, it sucks. But if it was someone you hated, you'd be like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I, I think it is something that uh, I, I definitely would feel a little bit remorseful on. That being said, I mean, at least he's not on your roster. And yeah. You just got Geo and Charles Clay for free, basically. Basically, man. So we'll see how it goes. But hopefully his team has a better record than mine. He has other running backs. So. He should be all right, but still, it sucks to give away Geo for nothing. Even if you don't, you know, even if you don't like him, it still sucks to give him away for nothing. He did like him though. Um, so, so Lacey's one guy. We're we're watching the game. We see Montgomery 
playing some strange form of running back. Um, they had this rookie, Don Jackson, who I think got injured during the game. Um, they said he was a starter. People started scrambling to get him. I even just picked him up and, you know, accidentally played him, but that's okay. Um, and then you had Niles Davis, who they traded for. Going forward, going forward the rest of the season, we're forgetting about Lacey. Um, I personally don't think this Jackson guy is um, important going forward because it's just they're running this weird offense now. And it just doesn't seem like they're going to go with someone like him. For some reason, I just don't feel it. So do you think Montgomery is the guy going forward? Do you think Niall Davis is the guy going forward? Do you think they're both the guy going forward? I mean, what do you think going forward for Packers running backs? Yeah, coming into tonight, I was really thinking that Niles Davis would not get a lot of work, but that over the course of the next 10 days for the you know long break that they get before their next game, that they you know build the offense back around him, get you know a steady running game going, and that that would kind of be how they'd move forward. Watching tonight, though, Montgomery is actually looking really interesting out of the backfield. Uh, he seems to be adapting pretty well to that role, and um, I mean, ultimately, I think it's going to be a situation where it just depends on the style of offense that they're looking to run. Um, I think Niles Davis will be serviceable, but I don't like him as much as I did prior to this game because Montgomery does look like he's someone that they can still be utilizing in that kind of hybrid role, and he's doing so, so well. And I think the thing that's most interesting is not just you know the rushing attempts that Montgomery has been su- succeeding on, but out of the backfield, the routes that he's running seem to be routes that Rodgers really likes to target. Yeah. And I don't think that's something we've seen a lot since, uh, I mean, honestly, the last time we saw it is when Randall Cobb would play out of the backfield for him and he'd, you know, get targets. But Lacey's never been a huge pass-catching back. They've, you know, utilized Starks in that role a little bit. But, uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how that progresses forward. Uh, I think Montgomery, for basically all formats, but especially PPR, is really going to be a must-start going forward until... Uh, until something changes there. And Niles Davis, I think, is kind of going to be one of those guys that uh, it's going to be a spot starter depending on the defensive matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like Montgomery. I'm not saying he is this guy or has the same ability as this guy, but it almost seemed like he was kind of running like a Deion Lewis-type role. You know what I mean? Like this hmm. like this interesting, like he doesn't so much look like a running back, but he was like, you know, he was in the backfield, but he was like going straight off for passes, like right out the gate. I mean, it's not like even like he was pretending, like he was just going straight off for passes from the backfield. So I don't know. He seems like he has this, you know, interesting um, position that he's going to be playing forward. And it, like you said, it looks like Rodgers likes it a lot. So, um, you know, I think Montgomery is the one, you know, to concern ourselves with. Um, in the same game, however, an injury occurred, which I know affected a lot of people, including yourself. Um, which is Hoyer. Um, a lot of people have been playing Hoyer um, for ever since, pretty much since Cutler went out, because Hoyer has proved that he can, you know, make the throws. He does throw a lot, and so it becomes, an, especially in a fantasy aspect, um, effective for people. Um, and so in this game, he he, he broke his arm, and uh, now you got Matt Barkley in there. I don't know if people are going to run to get Matt Barkley, but um, for all the Hoyer owners, they lost this guy like in the first quarter. I think it was. Yeah, he went down in the first quarter, and uh, yeah, coming into this game, Brian Hoyer had four straight games of 300 or more yards, which is really amazing. He's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback over the course of time he's been starting, which I think has gone really overlooked. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I have him in a dynasty league. I had him out there today. I was really happy that, uh, that he'd been performing well and performing consistently. And it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, when a guy comes in and he looks that good, he really could have stolen the job from Cutler. And I think that for all intents and purposes, that was the track that we were headed down. Uh, but as fate would have it, he broke his arm most likely is going to be out for season. They haven't really updated that report yet. That being said, I mean, when you break an arm, it's not something that's coming back this year. So moving forward, yeah, I think it's going to be a Barkley situation. But from what we know about Cutler's injury, I think it's a thumb injury, if I remember correctly, which I know he's played through in the past. So I think this might be a situation where Cutler was sitting out more because Hoyer was doing well Right. Unless because of the injury, and now I think they may try and rush him back. I don't really know, um, you know, if Barkley's the quarterback there, how serviceable he is. Even in two quarterback leagues, I, I just, I don't know. I don't really think that uh, that offense is going to support him enough. You know, Hoyer came in and was able to to really do well, um, but Barkley hasn't looked great so far in the uh, the first two quarters that he's been in here, and you know, we're almost done with the game now, and. You know, he's he hasn't he hasn't looked like anything special. So yeah. uh, moving forward, I, I think that you know, except in the deepest of formats, he's not really worth an ad. Yeah, and like you said, Cutler may come back. Um, if with Cutler or Barkley, um, this this kind of hurts Meredith and and Jeffrey, right? I mean, Cutler maybe not so much for Jeffrey because it seems like Cutler throughout his career has always been the kind of guy that targets a receiver and just goes for that guy a lot, but. Um, you know, we had this emergence of Meredith, and I mean, obviously, people have been, you know, really into Meredith right now. They had, you know, decent hopes for Jeffrey to kind of keep, you know, get it on track here. Um, how much do you think this hurts those guys? I mean, when when you have these guys now, do you try to sell them to someone who's willing to pay you, you know, what they were trying to pay you before? Do you just kind of hold on to them and and think they stay the the, the course that they were on with Hoyer? Um, you know. I mean, for me, I was so into Meredith and Jeffrey before this. I was like trying to buy them, you know what I mean? And now mm. it's like, ah, uh, man, I don't think I want to, you know? Yeah, I was too. Um, I was really excited with what the Bears offense was looking like it was turning into. Um, something that for fantasy was going to be very serviceable week to week. And the biggest thing is Hoyer had this word that I've never uttered about Jay Cutler in his entire career, which is consistency. Hoyer was consistent. Four weeks, 300 yards or more. That's something that Cutler has never done throughout his entire career. His uh, career has been really, really inconsistent. I mean, being a Bears fan, first and foremost, is very, very painful when uh, when you have to watch Jay Cutler be your quarterback uh, <laughs> for the franchise year after year after year. And I think that that's going to be the thing that hurts his, you know, these fantasy owners the most uh the other one you didn't mention is zach miller but zach miller owners are going to take a hit from this too so i think that uh you know for zach miller jeffrey and meredith owners everybody takes a bit of a hit from a consistency standpoint that being said i think all three can still have big games in the right matchups um it'll be interesting to see how cutler is when he comes back but you know Cutler's kind of that boom bust quarterback who most of the time busts but he does have those occasional big games so I think that, uh, you know, he'll still give some fantasy value to those individuals. That being said, I think that it's not really a position where you can trade away 
Jeffrey or Meredith or, or Miller if you're looking to, because I think, you know, the story's already out on what this offense looks like with Jay Cutler. Right. So I don't think there's going to be too many people who are going to be excited if he comes back. And even more so if Matt Barkley has to be the quarterback for a few more weeks here, I think that uh, you're selling far too low. So I would just kind of, you know, hold tight and, and hope that, uh, you know, they have a big game or two here and, then I might look to unload them if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're, you know, if you're a struggling team and you need some wins, I think if someone comes to you and they're still trying to buy them, you know, sell them if the if the price is right. Um, if you're someone who's been trying to buy them and you couldn't get the, you know, the owner to budge, maybe this is a chance to buy low. You know, if you still have faith in them, um, but you know, like you said, it definitely kind of throws them onto a a flux there. Um, two two other guys I want to get to before we go into foul or no foul and stuff. Um, Geno Smith. Now starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Um, I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says. It hurts everybody for me on the Jets. Um, I'm not a Geno fan. Um, I mean, not that I'm not a fan of the guy. Just fantasy-wise, um, he doesn't you know, instill a lot of faith for me um, when it comes to guys like Marshall, Enua, um, the running backs. I don't think teams are going to fear him so much. Um so for me, it, it, it knocks all the Jets players. I'm not saying it crushes them, but I'm just saying it, it definitely, you know, hits them, hit, gives them a knock. Then again, some people may say, can he do worse than Fitzpatrick has done, you know, starting this season? So it's a valid argument in a sense, I guess. Um, but I'm not a fan of him. I mean, do you think there's a chance that this year is the year he gets it? Or do you think it's still going to be the same old Geno that we're accustomed to at this point? I think it's going to be one of those situations where there might be some locker room chatter and, you know, if he can get a team that rallies around him, then it might be better than Fitzpatrick was, but I don't think that's really saying much. Um, I, I kind of have the same feeling around you. I think we've seen the Geno Smith story before. Uh, really, this is a move for the Jets franchise. It's the last year of Geno's contract, and I think they want to see if they have any future with him as their, their franchise quarterback. And Ultimately, I think that I'd stand with you on this one and think that he's not the future of that franchise. Um, and yeah, it, it really does. It puts a damper on everybody in that offense, in my opinion. Um, really, I think it kind of keeps them where they are, but where they are is much lower than you know where we anticipated them being at the start of the year. Exactly. So I think it's one of those positions where you know it doesn't really hurt anybody, but it definitely doesn't help. And with where they're you know, already at as far as lacking production that would have been expected at the beginning of the year. We've already lost Decker. Um, Marshall has not played up to what, you know, his draft capital was in many leagues. And Anunwa came on strong, but he's done nothing as of late. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I'd have to go back and kind of look at stats. And uh, I, I listened to some people who, uh, who might know a little bit more about Geno Smith than I do, but uh, the only thing that I think it could help is if he checks down more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. It could help somebody like Bilal Powell. Um, I was just going to say that to you. <laughs> yeah, or if he has a propensity for targeting tight ends more over the course of his career, but I don't think he does from what I recall. So, um, yeah, I really I really think that you know we're in a situation where it's a bit of a downgrade for everybody, but they were already so low that... Uh, that yeah it's it's not a good thing but it's not really one yeah, that they could it's, have gotten much worse it's one of those situations for me you know how um it's not always good for us to judge the one off of like one play or one thing they do or say but 
Um, I remember a game when the Raiders were playing the Jets. I don't know if it was last year. I think it was last year, actually. Um, and Geno Smith was the quarterback because Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, hurt his thumb or his hand or something in the first quarter. And, um, you know, Geno Smith just took off running down the sideline and, like, never stepped out, never, like, thought about stepping out and just got crushed by a cornerback, just come flying across the field and just crushed him out of bounds. And I was just like, man, what, what was his thinking there? You know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't I couldn't understand logically why he kept running and, like, didn't try to get out of bounds from that guy. Like, did he not see him coming? What was it? But I was just so, you know, perplexed by it that I was like, ah, man, this is their quarterback, and he doesn't even, like, get out of bounds. You know what I mean? Like, it was just a weird play. And I was like, ah, it's just I don't like the guy's decision-making. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder about his on-field awareness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, it's just huge. weird. Like, this guy just blasted him. If anyone can look it up, yeah. it was when the Raiders put him last year. I think it was David Amerson, their cornerback. I mean, he just blew him up. And I was like, what, what, when did he, he never – he never thought about just stepping out at some point? I mean, you already got a bunch <laughs> of yards. You know what I mean? Like, you had to think someone was coming at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing that, uh, that we saw with uh, Robert Griffin, too. You know, it's uh, one of those things that – if guys lack the on-field awareness when they're running the ball, they probably lack that on-field awareness when they're in the passing game. Yeah. And, and I think that's, uh, that's a really interesting correlation that, that we may very well see play out with Smith. Well, Marshall owners, Meredith owners, Jeffrey owners, sit tight. Um, the last guy, and again, this affects wide receivers because Big Ben. Big Ben's out. They said four to six weeks initially, I think. That's what I've seen or latest that I've seen. Um, this happened last year, too. Uh, Big Ben went down. and uh, Actually, I was in a league last year where a guy traded me AB because Big Ben went down. He panicked. I was like, hey, this is my chance. Seize the opportunity. Big Ben has to come back at some point, and I won a championship, and I think it's because of that. You know, So it's one of those situations where, of course, people who have Antonio Brown at this point are going to try to move him, um, especially if they're not winning. Um, they're going to think Landry sucks. Um, he's not going to be able to get the ball to him like Big Ben does. Um, so this is my chance to move the big-name player before he shows that he can't perform the same way as he does with Big Ben. Um, are you in the thinking of, of moving A.B. when you're in this kind of situation, or are you like, you know what, Big Ben's going to come back. It's going to be my playoff push. Forget that. You know, I'm kind of the type who normally I try and play for that that playoff push, and I think that Ben – hopefully should be back i think they're saying four to six weeks right now on his injury so um it's one of those situations though where you know antonio brown has never caught a pass in his career that wasn't thrown by ben roethlisberger so that's really? a little alarming yeah it's actually a really what? interesting statistic he's never caught a pass that wasn't thrown from big ben wow and uh yeah and moving forward it's it's not a situation that i'm really excited about in fact in a in a dynasty league where I'm really, really deep at um, at wide receiver, I originally was going to sit Brown this week, which I know sounds crazy, but uh, that's a, a weird format where I somehow have Julio and Odell Beckham, and I played Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey tonight. But uh, it's a weird format. What kind yeah. of league is this? Are you in the league you by know. yourself, man? No, it's a it's a league where in a startup draft I traded away. Um, so I had the 101, and I traded the 101 away in my 2017 first and a bunch of other weird trades to acquire three first-round picks. But uh, it's a it's a crazy wow. Dynasty League format that uh, has a quarterback and two super flexes. So you can start up to three quarterbacks, and everybody else went quarterback early. So I literally was able to acquire Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham to uh, – 
to start that league. That is and nuts. Uh, yeah, it, it is nuts. It looks nuts on paper, but that format uh, basically makes wide receiver the position that scores the least on a weekly basis because it has really odd scoring that uh, that really boosts running back and tight end. So uh, while it looks really awesome on paper and uh, is great because it is the position that we have the most of uh, starting requirements for, it's not a situation where like those three are, are winning me the league in, in any sense. So, uh, so it's been interesting. But uh, in that regard, I digress. Uh, Actually, I'm I'm gonna end up playing Antonio Brown because uh, one player that I'd like that we talk about before we move on, Lashawn McCoy, uh, might not start this week, yep. and uh, that's something I want to touch on. But uh, but yeah, just to wrap everything up with Antonio Brown, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. If you're in a situation where you do have to win now, and you know you're say one in five or two in four. You, you might want to look at moving Antonio Brown, uh, especially if people are going to give you, you know, top value for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me, let me just throw an example at you. Say you have Antonio yeah. Brown, you're, um, you know, two and something, or, you know, you're just kind of, you're not doing great. Um, and say, I'm trying to think of the best situation here. Okay. So actually, okay. So, so what, what if, what even if you're, I guess, what if you're not even doing great? Like, say you are, you only have two wins. Would you trade for Antonio Brown also? Um like if you can get AJ Green for Antonio Brown, would you do it? You mean if I could trade away Antonio Brown and get AJ Green? Yeah, or, or vice trade... versa. Both give me both angles. Would, would you do it in either either predicament? I think that I would look to acquire AJ Green definitely. Uh, I do not think that I would look to give up AJ Green for Antonio Brown because, simply put, um, I think that right now for for the weeks moving forward. Um, Unless you're in a PPR league, which I think that helps boost Antonio Brown's floor, in standard scoring leagues, uh, you really should consider trading Antonio Brown if people are going to give you that sort of value. If yeah. somebody's going to be giving you AJ Green. Somebody will do it, though, I, would, I think, man. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, it always depends on your league. And, you know, one of the most important ports of fantasy is always know your league, know the owners in your league, know how they value players, and... Uh, ultimately know the position that you're in right now you know we're we're six weeks into the fantasy season that's almost halfway through most people's fantasy regular seasons and ultimately you should know based on how your team is built and what your win-loss record is right now what you need in each of your leagues to make the playoffs and you know at the end of the day for most leagues uh I don't know. There are there are a few leagues that do offer bye weeks and, and those sort of things to play off teams that are at the uh, the top seeds. But for for most leagues that don't, you know, it doesn't make too much of a difference if you're the eighth seed or if you're the number one seed. So you know, holding on to somebody like Antonio Brown in those leagues might be a little bit more advantageous because you want him for the playoff run. Right. Whereas if you're in a league that maybe only four teams make the playoffs and you know you have a losing record right now, you have to win. You have to win now. So know your league and make a judgment call based on what your league format looks like and what puts you in the best position to make the playoffs. Because ultimately, as much as I am the type of player who I normally encourage people to look at how they're going to win in the playoffs, you know, look at how you can win a championship in these next few weeks where, you know, uh, Antonio Brown is without Ben Roethlisberger, it could be really hard. And if we're talking four to six weeks, even four weeks, you know, if you suffer three, four losses in that time and you already have a losing record, you're not going to have a shot at the playoffs in most leagues. So 
really, you know, evaluate your situation and, and make the best judgment call based on that. Yeah, for my leagues, I personally love it, guys, because I don't have Antonio Brown in one league. So all I can imagine is all the Antonio Brown owners are going to lose games, and I'm going to win them. That's all, <laughs> that's all I can hope for. <clears throat> that's all I can hope for, man. Um, before we jump over to their stuff, you said you did want to talk about Deshaun McCoy really quick. Um, you know, this is a situation, like you had mentioned earlier, they haven't declared it one way or the other. Um, I think it was Josina Anderson came out and said that he was going to be out. But other people since then have said that, you know, it's a game time decision. It hasn't been um, announced that he's out. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, um, should I pick up? What is it? Gillespie? I always forget how to pronounce his name. Um, Gillespie? Gillespie? Gillespie. Gillespie. That's what I'm here for, remember? Pronunciation. Yeah, that's what you're here for. <laughs> that is what you're here for. You're doing an excellent job. Um, oh, a lot of people have come to me like, hey, should I pick this guy up right now? And they're throwing, you know, crazy stuff at me. Like, should I drop this guy and that guy? Because everyone sees what LaShawn McCoy does and thinks, you know, this guy's going to do the same thing if he's out. But obviously that's not the case. So that's important to, you know, express to people that LaShawn McCoy is special. And so, you know, Gillespie isn't going to do what he does. Um, but a lot of people are asking, you know, how, you know, should they get him? Should they start him? Um, obviously, it's one of those things where you're going to have to just acquire him and then wait because we don't know what's going to happen with McCoy until probably the last second. But, um, you know, what, what are your feelings on the situation right now, McCoy? You did say you wanted to talk about him. Um, you know, so kind of give us the rundown here. So a few things. Um, so since week three, where they uh, they fired their offensive coordinator. Um, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Roman and, Harper or whatever. Not yeah, Harper. Is Greg it Ro- Harper? No, Roman Greg, something. No, Greg Roman. Greg you Roman. There we go. Roman Harper was a player. But, okay. Um, but yeah, since they got rid of Greg Roman, uh, LaShawn McCoy has been the number two running back in fantasy in both standard scoring and PPR behind only David Johnson. Um, the biggest reason of that is LaShawn McCoy's talent, like you said, but he wasn't doing that the first two weeks of the year. Rex Ryan's offenses over the course of his career have been run heavy, and the way in which he utilizes his running backs is something that we need to take note of. So with LaShawn McCoy, um, there have been mixed reports, and it's one of the most annoying things about fantasy because we get these sort of instant responses with the uh, Twitter universe we live in now. And uh, as I'm saying this, uh, Michael Crosby just kicked another field goal, it looks like. And uh, just remember, everybody, last week we told you, start Crosby in all formats. <laughs> we did so. say that. Kicker, <laughs> it is Kicker Thursday every Present. Thursday at oh, the no, Clock I, Dodgers podcast. Oh, man. I feel terrible. As I said that, I said he made it. I think he missed that. Mason um, Crosby missed it? Yeah, it looks like he did. Okay. It's still Kicker Thursday. Screw yeah, all that. Kicker Thursday. He's still done fantastic tonight. <laughs> Anywho. Um, Back to the LaShawn McCoy, Mike Gillisley situation. So there have been mixed reports. Um, ESPN was actually reporting potential of multiple weeks, which as a LaShawn McCoy owner in uh, – literally I own LaShawn McCoy more than any other player in uh, my, my weekly format. So formats that I start a weekly lineup that aren't best ball. So this, for me, is something that I've been really, really trying to follow very closely since the injury occurred yesterday. Um, I did think that when the practice report said that he left on Wednesday, it probably wasn't a big deal because a lot of veterans don't even practice on Wednesday. However, as reports have gotten updated, it seems like he went from game time decision to ESPN, then reporting that he is going to miss this week and the potential of multiple weeks. 
since then, there's been conflicting reports that have came out that said that that ESPN report is, you know, jumping the gun and that he's going to be a game time decision. So there's a lot of balls in the air. With that in mind, uh, I actually think Mike Gillisley is a guy who you want to pick up. Now, of course, pay attention to who you're dropping. Don't just, you know, go dropping everybody for him because if this isn't a big injury for McCoy, it's going to be business as usual. McCoy's going to be back in there getting the lion's share of carries, and he's going to keep performing as a top five fantasy running back for the rest of the season as long as he's healthy. But in the situation that McCoy does miss time, I think Gillisley can fill that role pretty well. Um, they, I believe they also have Reggie Bush there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the, Jonathan the, Williams too, I think, right? Yeah, um, yeah, Jonathan Williams, but I, he hasn't really gotten any touches this year. I, I don't know about his situation. I think See, if Carlos helped. Williams was still there, that would be interesting. Potentially, yeah. Because <laughs> he was doing so well there last year. Exactly. But like I was saying, so the offense has shifted, and I do think it's a situation where Mike Gillisley will have fantasy value if he is put in that role. So I think he is definitely a guy worth picking up, especially this is kind of the time that I love picking up guys because your waivers have already ran. So just if you have a guy on your roster that you don't need, go out, pick up Mike Gillisley, and just see, just hold him for one week. Uh, I'm doing it in a lot of my leagues because it's a situation where at the worst, LaShawn McCoy comes right back and you can just drop him next week. But at the best, you could be looking at starting Mike Gillisley, not just this week, but for multiple weeks, in an offense that is built around the run. And as we're seeing in a lot of different scenarios, uh, most notably in Melvin Gordon's situation in San Diego, you do not have to be a super efficient running back in the NFL to have success. What you need are carries, and especially red zone carries. And I think that the Bills' offense is built in such a way that Gillisley will get those. Um, now, you know, there's always that crazy off chance that they decide to use Reggie Bush more or anything like that. But that's a gamble I'm willing to take. So, uh, like I said, I'm looking to pick up Gillisley as a speculative ad. And I think that he's the type of guy who, if you've got anybody on your roster that you don't really need or don't see being of value down the stretch and you're just kind of holding somebody because they haven't been anybody good on the waiver wire. Look at Gillisley as just a speculative ad for this week. See what he can do. See if McCoy misses time. And then if McCoy, you know, is back, he's a drop. No big deal. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's the most important part is that, you know, yeah, pick them up, of course, but just don't get crazy. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't start dropping guys that, you know, are starting running backs or guys that, you know, you've been using every week or, you know, you know, just drop the right guy when you do it. You know what I mean? Um, that's important. And, and like you said, people have been jumping the guns here. We don't know um, if it's if he's out, if it's multiple weeks. I mean, we, we can jump the gun here at Clock Dodgers and say he's out for the year if you want. I mean, what do you, what do you want to do, man? You want to announce that now? or <laughs> No, we don't want to announce yeah. that because you got a lot Please of stock. Don't break my heart. Yeah. I got a lot of stock in him too, so we don't want that. But um, – yeah, man. Ho- hopefully it's not as bad as they're saying, man. That's what I hope. But I don't want it to be like turned into some lacy situation or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, you know, he, he walked off under his own power. I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, that we should really keep in mind. Dude, Lacey that... played a whole game under his own power. It's true. All but that 200 can, that... and whatever amount of pounds. <laughs> and he was hurtling that's people true. like he was in a track meet. That's um, true. That's why I just didn't believe it. I was like, nah, yeah. can't be more serious in a couple of weeks. And adrenaline, man, it's crazy. It I think that situation with Lacey there is an adrenaline thing. I don't think McCoy walking off on his own power is adrenaline, but 
hey, maybe that's wishful thinking. Well, like you, like, you know, there are different weights too, man. Different weights, it matters. You it know? does. Definitely. It doesn't matter when you're a heavyweight or a middleweight and it changes the game. So sure. that that's pretty much it for it. The, the the news I wanted to get to just just really quick though with all that news that we just ran through um, which one of those um, headlines or topics whatever you want to call them do you think will be overreacted to the most that doesn't deserve to be reacted as much as it will be um, and then vice versa do you think there's one that will be not getting enough attention and and deserves it more I would say I think the Hoyer one won't get enough attention, but definitely deserves it more for fantasy because I think that that is going to negatively impact all of the uh, all of the um, playmakers on yeah. that all. And, and from what we discussed earlier, it sounds like the Geno one probably would be the one that we least care about um, because, like yeah. you said, the guys weren't playing as an insane level before the switch. You know? Yeah, I think I definitely have to agree with that. Okay. So, um, all right, cool. So uh, let's go ahead. I do – well, actually, I wanted to ask you one other question too. What do you do if you are, for instance, a team who has after this week, after this week, you have only two wins, okay, in fantasy leagues? Do, is, is, it, is it time to start, like, saying it's over? Or, you know, mathematically you're still in it, so you just keep fighting hard? Do you, do you start trading everybody? Just you personally, what do you do when you have, say, in a league where you have, like, two wins at the end of this week? If I'm in any league where I am not mathematically eliminated, I'm doing everything I can to win. But that's just how I approach fantasy. Ultimately, I think, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're not mathematically eliminated, you always have a chance. And you can make a lot of different moves. So, right. you know, look to make trades. Uh, look to, you know drop guys who have been sitting on your team who aren't performing. These are situations where, you know, I think too often people get in this mindset of, oh, my team's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But it's still early in the year. I mean, we see it week after week. We're talking about it at the opening of this podcast. We have all these injuries that occur, and situations change. Situations change every single week. And as we saw last year, there are going to be guys who you do not expect to have any impact in these middle weeks of the season, who then, in your fantasy championship, win you a fantasy championship. Two of the top five running backs during the fantasy playoffs last year were James White and Kenneth, or, um, sorry, Kenneth Dixon and Javorius <laughs> Allen. Uh, and both of those guys were basically irrelevant, you know at this point in the year last year. So it's really important to just understand that as the year goes on, injuries are going to continue to happen. Offenses are going to continue to change. And there are going to be a lot of overturn. There's going to be a lot of things that just kind of, you know, move and grow. And I personally never want to think that I'm out. So, you know, make the moves that you have to make to win. Um, Ultimately, I, I think that just comes down to people's, you know, will in themselves and ultimately how much they really like fantasy because <laughs> it can be a frustrating game. I mean, oh, yeah. honestly, I don't know, you know, it's kind of a love-hate relationship for me with, with a lot of my interests. Like I mentioned before on the podcast, I play a lot of poker. Poker can be heartbreaking. Uh, fantasy can too. And I don't think there's been a single Sunday yet this year that I haven't just been like, wow, I got that wrong, I got that wrong, I got that wrong. But also, I got that right, I got that right, I got that right. So, it's one of those situations where 
we're never going to be able to fully predict what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. There's a lot of overturn, a lot of things that can change. So if you're looking at your team right now and it looks like garbage, well, make moves, try and make it better. But ultimately, that team that you look at that you think is garbage very well could win next week or have some injuries or some turnover occur that boost guys that are on your bench into situations that are better. So never count yourself yeah. out to eliminated yeah and i agree and also you gotta forget it's not just your record that matters it's everybody above you in your division or however your league does it um you know you could be two and five two and six but the people above you can you know i may only have one or two more wins than you it's not really as far off as you think it is um because every year um, i'm sure all of us can you know recall that there's always a team that makes it into the playoffs you're like you know how did they make it i mean they were like seven and whatever eight and whatever and like they just barely got in but it happens i mean so um never count yourself out but it does lead me to our first foul or no foul which i want to get to now so we're going to go ahead and jump into foul or no foul. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first foul or no foul, this kind of just this kind of just parlays right off of the question we were just talking about. This one was sent in by Swagzilla, which actually happens to be the guy who traded Eddie Lacy. Um, that, that, took, <laughs> that took Eddie Lacy from me. So again, I apologize, Swag. Um, but his question is, his foul or no foul is, in redraft leagues, you you should not trade with an 0-6 team, foul or no foul. And I'm so, assuming he means this from like a, I don't know if he means it from like a, you know, they're out of it type of situation, so they're going to do stupid stuff and kind of mess the league up situation or what. Um, but he's saying that you shouldn't trade with that person, and I'm assuming he means because like maybe they are almost mathematically out of it because they have no wins at all, but... Um, it's just it, it kind of has this weird gray area. And before we even answer it, like I had a league last year where um, there was a person who was mathematically out of the playoffs um, who traded with the team who was like leading the league. Um, and the trade made like no sense for the, I mean, like just the fact that a team who has no chance of making the playoffs is making a trade already seems odd. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm not I'm not the kind of person to veto trades, but we did veto this one. There was a lot of different gray area, weird stuff that happened in it. But you know, those kind of situations are weird when you have a team who is like really mathematically out of it or damn near borderline there and they and they're making trades, especially when they look funny to you. Um, so you're feeling basically um, and, and we'll just answer this question straight how it is. In redraft, you should not trade with an 0-6 team, foul or no foul. Uh, I'm going to say it's a foul. Um, to me, it is the commissioner's job to have written rules to be put in place to support there being no collusion in a fantasy league. And I think that ultimately, whether that comes down to league vetoes, which personally I'm not in a, I'm not really a big fan of vetoes. Um, especially, I, I definitely hate vetoes in Dynasty League. I think they shouldn't be allowed at all whatsoever. Right, I it's think a little ultimately, different. Yeah, ultimately, Dynasty formats, you should basically allow almost any trade to go through as long as you do not suspect collusion. Uh, if it is a situation where collusion is believed to have occurred, then that is a totally different situation. And I think anybody who colludes should immediately be kicked out of a fantasy league and their team should forfeit the remaining games of the year. Um, but I have a no tolerance policy on that. I've only had one situation since I've been playing fantasy where there has been collusion and that's how it was handled. And I thought it was amazing. Adam, um, you're just cutthroat, yep. my man. You're cutthroat. You know, I don't think it's a cutthroat thing. I think it ultimately, <laughs> it, it just comes down to integrity. And no, I, think I hear that, you. Uh, if, if you're in a situation where you're, I mean, we're all playing a game. 
you know, it's a game that a lot of us play for money, and ultimately, if you're playing a game and it has to do with money, your integrity means the world. Um, there are a lot of people in the uh, the poker community that talk about that a ton because ultimately, that's that's the thing that's going to keep you, you know, getting action or, or being able to play or, you know, having your livelihood if you make your money off of a form of gambling is your integrity. As crazy as that may sound to people on the outside, because most people, I think, have a perception of people who gamble to make a living as, you know, degenerates or, or people who are outlaws or, you know, these these ideas that, you know, it's a shady way to make money, but oftentimes you have to have integrity because people don't want to play games with you. They don't want to make bets with you if they don't believe that your word is solid. Right. So in regards to fantasy, if I'm in a situation where there's an 0-6 team, yeah, I'm still going to try and make trades with that team because that team can still win out and they can still make the playoffs right now. If they're mathematically eliminated then they shouldn't be allowed to make trade. All right, so the next foul or no foul is from at Mr. 2013. Um, his foul or no foul is Meredith outscores all Sean Jeffrey rest of season. Foul or no foul? Foul? What, what are you... Okay, people need to slow down on this hype train that happens whenever a player breaks out. Kevin Meredith is great. I'm excited for what he'll be able to do in the Bears' offense, but... Even before Hoyer went down tonight, if we're just thinking like long term with Hoyer, I just don't see how people make these ridiculous pivots. Just because somebody has two good weeks doesn't mean that they all of a sudden are going to outproduce a guy who really, as far as NFL wide receiver talent goes, has like a top 10, top 15 talent. Jeffrey hasn't performed up to that this year. But it's really been more of an offense thing. It's been a situation where he hasn't been getting a ton of the targets. And, you know, now with the offense shifting again with Hoyer getting injured, I think that, uh, you know, we'll see what, what happens, whether it's Cutler there or whether uh, it's, uh, oh, God, it just slipped my mind who uh, who their uh, backup is, who is just in. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, I, I think it's a situation where, you know, Jeffrey's targets will come. And uh, Meredith will will take a little bit of a backseat. Really, I mean, I don't see how he could be any more than even the you know third option on that offense. I think he's behind Zach Miller as well. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of people, you know, a guy has a good week or two, and people would jump on the. What's, what's interesting to me is okay, so Meredith had a good week, and after the first good week, people took notice, right? And then the second good week, you know, propelled him into these people going crazy about him. So. You know, do you think the same will happen for anybody? Like, I mean, if it was like, say, Kendall Wright, say he puts another good week together, do you think people are going to react the same way, or do you think it's like on a person-to-person basis? Uh, no, I think that it, it really is one of these situations where a lot of people, when they look at fantasy, overreact to what has just occurred. It just—it's one of these things that just seems to happen a lot. I mean, yeah. Hunter Henry, for instance, is a great example. He had two really good weeks, but then last week, all of a sudden, he had a really big week on prime time, and everybody saw it, and now everybody is talking about Hunter Henry, but where was everybody after his first two good weeks? Exactly. So, That's what I mean. It's like this, a, there's no, there's no you know, line drawn in the sand here. It's just at some point, everyone just starts going crazy for one guy. It's weird. 
Yeah, the hype train just kind of gets out of control, um, and I think that's kind of the situation here. Um, you know, Cameron Meredith is a is a player who uh, I I can't recall if we talked about him the uh, the week before he uh, he first started and and had a good week, um, but I do know that there uh, there at least was uh, one podcast that I listened to that was that was hyping Cameron Meredith, and I think that. Uh, if you picked him up and you played him those first two weeks, I really hope that you traded him because he reached his peak value, in my opinion. And I think that now that Hoyer is out, his value drops back down. And if you still have him on your roster, you missed your opportunity to trade. Yeah, it's a perfect situation where, like you said, you a guy has two big weeks and then you start treating him like gold. People come to you trying to get him with reasonable offers and you have no interest in it. And now you're going to be wishing you took those offers. It's <laughs> just one of those situations, you know. Um, but we'll see how it plays out for Meredith. Obviously, we're rooting for the guy. You, of course, are rooting for the guy. You're a fan of the team. But um, I, th- I think he could be, you know, good. But I think the overall Sean hype is a little premature. Um, the next question is from at two drink minimum. I, 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 I tell guys every week, if you send me Raider questions, they will make the podcast. <laughs> Raiders will go 0-2 on their Florida vacation. This week they play Jacksonville. Next week they play the Bucks. Foul or no foul, Adam? God, that's a foul. That's just mean to you. That is mean, right? I mean, for them to lose to the Jags and the Bucks, I mean, first of all, I think that they should be favorites to win both games. I know they're favorited this week. I doubt that they're not going to be favorited against... Uh, actually, are they favorited against Jacksonville this week? I'm going to look up the line really quick. I'm pretty sure they are. Listen, I'm um, trying to go to the game. I'm trying to go to both games. Remember, I'm here oh, in Florida. Really? Enjoy it, man. I would that like to go to both games. Yeah, make that happen. So if someone's listening, you got Jacksonville Jaguar tickets, feel free to hook me up. I'll be happy to take those. And if you got buck tickets, we can plan ahead, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I do want to go to these games, man. The last time I went to the game, I think it was when they played the Dolphins, and it was a terrible experience. They got spanked. So need to need a refresher. Okay, yeah, it looks like it opened as a pick'em, which really, most of the time, if uh, if you know anything about Vegas lines, home teams normally get about a three-point advantage, so that's saying if this was on a neutral field, Oakland would have about a three-point advantage over Jacksonville, but because Jacksonville's at home, it's pick'em. Um, really, I think that, you know, Oakland had a down week last week. I expected them to have a down week. Andy Reid has been amazing over the course of his career, coming off by... Kansas City really, you know, played a very solid game that that allowed them to beat the Raiders. But the Raiders are they're a good team. They uh they definitely are going to be successful. And I do not think that Jacksonville or Tampa Bay have the defense to stop what uh what Oakland has been able to put together on offense. And Oakland's offensive line is really strong, and I think that it's going to help propel them forward through those games. Take that, take that, take that, Raider haters. That's right. Let him know, Adam. I don't even, I'm not even going to respond after that. Adam took care of it. Adam took care of it. The next question is from at Trade Fantasy. I think we answered a question sort of about this last week, kind of in, in this light. But um, his foul or no foul is um, that Thomas Rawls will be shut down for the season and that Christian Michael is Seattle's future running back. Foul or no foul? I think it's no foul. Um, I think that that. Seems to be the trajectory that things are going. Um, like I've mentioned on the podcast before, I was a big fan of CJ Procise coming into this year, but I don't think this is going to be the year for him. And it seems like Michael has finally put it together. Uh, for anybody who 
has really been following fantasy over the last like five years or so. Since Michael entered the league, everybody kind of thought that he was going to be the next big thing, and he has never been able to put it together. And honestly, I didn't see it happening this year. I don't think a lot of people saw it happening. And then he finally got his opportunity, and it's it's happening. Um, I was never really a Raw supporter. Uh, I know you were Neil, but uh, ultimately, I just don't see him. You know, even if he does get healthy and, and does see the field again, doing anything to take away from Michael. So, yeah, Christian Michael should be uh, the Seahawks starting running back really throughout the rest of the season pending injury. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. Like you said, a guy who um, everyone kept having hopes for and, and, you know, the Seahawks even cut him. You know, he went around a little bit, Dallas, and then came back to Seattle and everyone's like, here we go again. He's not going to do too much. He's just there. They need bodies. And the dude just took the job and ran with it. So, hey, props to him. You know, at this point, he deserves it. You know what I mean? So let's let him run with it and see what he does. But he's been he's been impressive so far. So um, I see no reason for that to let up. Um, the next one is uh, the name I never can pronounce, at Darth Fyshy. Is that how you said it was last week? Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, he His foul no foul is Edelman will break out this week against um, – who are they playing? Pittsburgh. Foul or no foul? I, I'd like to say it's a no foul, um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with foul. Um, Edelman is in a breakout situation. Uh, I really, I have a lot of ownership of him, so I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it is this week that he quote-unquote breaks out. But uh, he's struggling with an injury, and he's playing through it. Um, but I, I still don't think he's at a point yet where he's just right. Um, I can't recall when the Patriots have their bye week, but I think that it might be a situation where until their bye, he uh, keeps having these sort of lackluster weeks. And like I said, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be really hard to predict when that is that, that Edelman finally gets right. But I think once he does, uh, once he does show a game where he you know is able to get eight to 10 targets and, and is catching the ball, you know, six plus times i think once we get one of those games he becomes a must start again moving forward yeah that that's brady's boy so it's hard to imagine that it doesn't happen at some point you know i mean he just we're just we're all just like waiting for what we all know is going to happen at some point to actually happen and then like you said once it happens it's kind of you know gonna just probably keep rolling from there um so not too concerned about that, but we just don't know if it's this week. Uh, the next question is from, or next foul or no foul, is from at Dem Bones. Geno Smith keeps a New York job rest of season. Foul or no foul? So, sounds like you said you, earlier, at least, it made it sound like you made it sound like you think by default he would. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's a no foul, and I think it is by default. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quarterback that uh, in the offseason they fought to get there. And, you know, he just hasn't played well. He didn't have a full training camp, and maybe that really hurt him. But uh, they're kind of in a situation there where I think that they want to see what Geno Smith can be for the future, as I was talking about earlier. It is the last year of his contract. So I don't know for sure if he will start the remainder of the year. Um, I, I can't remember who their third string quarterback is off the top of my head to see if they have another guy that they'll roll out there to, to see if they're uh, able to do anything. But 
I think that uh, more likely than not, it will be the uh, the Geno show moving forward. And like we talked about, that's not really great for fantasy owners or probably Jets fans either. Gotcha. I I, I agree. Um, the last foul or no foul I wanted to make sure I got on here was from at JJK, and his uh, foul or no foul is that Jamal Charles will never take the starter job back in Kansas City. Foul or no foul? Um, I think that's a foul. But I will say with the caveat, I don't think that we'll run into a situation at all this season where Jamal Charles is getting a workload that like a uh, David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott or LaShawn McCoy are seeing. Um, It's not a situation. I I think I've talked about this a ton on this podcast so far. It's not a situation with Charles where he needs that. So ultimately, he's shown throughout his career he can be productive on a limited number of touches, and I think that Andy Reid knows that. I think Andy Reid is the type of uh, coach that he has been here before. He wants to have his team ready and willing to make a playoff run. And I think that ultimately, you know, where is a benefit to that team, not a hindrance. And having both Charles and Ware on that team is a benefit, not a hindrance. And I think that fantasy owners really need to open up to the idea that these committee situations to them also can be benefits and not hindrances, as we're seeing with Tevin Coleman and, and Devonta Freeman. And I think that, uh, this week will really be a, a good test to that um, with with Kansas City because really they you know have shown that they have this you know willingness to utilize both guys and now they have a great matchup against New Orleans who's been terrible against the run so far this year and both guys have an opportunity to be successful. And they could do very similar to what Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman did against them and just both put up huge fantasy performances this week. Uh, I actually have both in different leagues, and I'm starting both. Yeah, I think I agree. It's kind of like the Atlanta situation. I think they're both startable. Um, and that's really just the best way to put it. I mean, it's they're basically like Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman where they both can play, you can start them both, and they both will score you um, you know, good amount of points. Um, so I, I don't I don't fear either one of them. I really don't care who's starting. I really don't care who gets majority. I think they're both effective. Um, I want to go over to no. Uh, well, actually, that's it for the foul or no foul. So let's do the no halftime challenges, which I'm trying to get a sweep on this week, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get that like I thought it was before this game. And um, after that, we're going to skip the fantasy trade blackjack. I have something kind of similar to it not necessarily i just want to kind of throw some names at you for that but let's do the no halftime challenges first um so what 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 is our record now so after three weeks each of the three weeks that we've done this i've gone three and two on you so i am up nine to six or you have some catching up to do i do i do have some catching up to do i think this is the week it happens um well okay so for quarterback let's just go right into it for quarterback I have Jameis Winston. I like the matchup. They are um, coming off of a bye, I believe. And so I just feel good about them against San Fran. I feel like it's maybe going to be one of his big games. Um, you know, as, as it happens with Winston, sometimes he has, you know, a 30-something point game. Then he has a 12-point game, a 30-something point game. So I think this is the, the big game. So who do you have? So first I'll say Winston is a great pick, uh, especially against San Francisco. As we've seen throughout the year so far, opposing quarterbacks against San Francisco get an added time of possession because of Chip Kelly's offense that 
I really think ultimately a lot of people are learning is kind of backwards. This whole fast-paced offense thing can really be a detriment because it puts your defense on the field for a longer period of time and gives the opposing offense more time of possession, which really can can be just a detriment ultimately. And I think that's why Kelly hasn't been as successful as an NFL coach as he was in college. Um, really, part of the reason that I'm going into Winston is because this <laughs> matchup is most likely already won. Uh, I had picked Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer got injured in the first quarter of tonight's game. So more likely than not, you're going to win this uh, unless you are going to send Winston owners home crying and Winston gets injured in the first quarter yeah. of his game. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Even I don't though I don't own Winston anywhere. I never want to wish ill will on any NFL player. So you got one this week at least. So that'll at least get you a little bit closer to catching me. That's what I like to hear, man. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, just just so people know, we pick these before Thursday night games so we can use Thursday night players if we so wish, which we, we may never do again. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, is, is there. Again, it's not a bad idea to flex a Thursday night kicker at this point. That may be something I try next week. But at running back, I'm going to go with Gio Bernard. He's playing Cleveland. Everyone seems to do well against Cleveland. He seems to be getting more play in Cincinnati. I, n- I never want to believe that all the way when it comes to him and Jeremy Hill because, you know, the second you think one has taken over the role um, completely, it seems like the other guy, you know, the next week comes and shows on why he doesn't have it and they play him more or something. Um, but I feel good about the matchup. I feel good about, you know, how he's been used, his, uh, you know, his, his usage. Um, and I feel like he can make things happen, big plays happen in this game. So I feel like he's an explosive um, running back for me this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that matchup against Cleveland is a situation where one of those two, either Giovanni or uh, Jeremy Hill, will have a huge game. I'm hoping it's Gio as well. Uh, Gio is a player who I have a very high ownership of in fantasy leagues. Uh, I think him and LaShawn McCoy are actually my two most owned players across all fantasy formats. So I, uh, I really hope that he has a good week. That being said, I I hope that my opposing player has an even better week. Uh, I went with James White. Uh, Really, I think that since Edelman is in this situation where he's still kind of getting healthy, as we were talking about, it just gives more targets to James White. And he had a really huge week last week on on really what was, you know, a, a situation where he was getting a lot of targets, a lot of looks in the offense, and I think that we're going to get that again in a good matchup against Pittsburgh. So very similar players in Geo and James White. Both probably are not going to have a ton of carries on their offense. It's going to be a situation where both have a lot of catches. Since no halftime is non-PPR, it will be really interesting to see which one of these two scores a touchdown. But James White really had an efficiency for finding the end zone at the end of last season for New England, and I think that... Uh, he likely will be able to find the end zone at least once in this game. I hope you're wrong because I need that one, but I do have James White actually in some leagues. So that that's the tough thing with no halftime here is I'm like, I want you to lose, but at the same time, your guy sometimes is going to make me win in my league. So <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's one of those things. My wide receiver, obviously this looks terrible already. I'm assuming this is one of my losses this week. I took Meredith. Um, and because Hoyer went down, it really killed my chances this week at the wide receiver position. Um, so it probably doesn't matter who you picked, but who who did you pick? So, yeah, this one's over already. This one's uh, over, we, folks. 
Yeah, we went with the Thursday night matchup, and uh, I went with Ty Montgomery, and uh, Ty Mont just did phenomenal for me. Uh, really, him and Devontae Adams were like the whole offense for the Packers so far tonight. Uh, Ty, he was kind of one of those players who I picked as uh, really like a Konami code kind of situation where he just he's able to do so much now because he is getting that running back role as well. So he was getting carries out of the backfield tonight. He was getting receptions. And as we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, he really is somebody moving forward who really excites me in all fantasy formats just because of his versatility. And uh, tonight was was really a big win. So, uh, yeah, I guess that makes me 10 and 6 now. So, uh, so good luck, man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I think just for his stats purposes, I think he had what? I think he had like 120 yards today, like, you know, receiving and rushing. So yeah, was, I didn't catch what it ended at, but it was over a hundred last time I checked. Yeah, so he, he he pretty much did his thing out there, and moving forward, man, he looks like a good option. Um, next position we're going to look at is tight end. Tight end. Now, see, this is one of those situations where I picked Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas is playing my Oakland Raiders. I obviously do not want to see Julius Thomas do well, but tight ends tend to do well against the Raiders. They tend to at least catch a touchdown most of the time. Um, they're, they're pretty effective. So while I don't want to see him do well, I just got this hunch that he will do well, even though maybe the Jaguars overall won't beat us. That's what I'm not expecting to see. But I still think Thomas will do well. I think it's a good matchup for him. I think he's due a big game. And I wanted to throw you off a little bit by using him because I didn't, I didn't want to pick a big name because – I didn't want you to counter me with another big name. This is kind of my my uh, my my strategy this week. So, who 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 do you have to go against Thomas? Yeah, and uh, definitely it was a situation where you know we were trying to find a matchup that really worked here. Uh, I went with Jack Doyle. Uh, Jack Doyle has been pretty consistent throughout the year, and now we're in a situation where Dwayne Allen will be out this week. So I think that gives him a huge boost. Uh, Andrew Luck has always looked to target his tight ends throughout his career so far, and I think that he'll continue to this week with Doyle. Um, I think that, you know, it will be a situation where likely Julius Thomas very well could catch a touchdown. So I'm hoping Jack Doyle either finds the end zone or has that uh, target consistency to uh, be able to outperform Thomas even if he finds the end zone. Jack Doyle is really a guy that I want to have we, this show needs like a doilometer or something because to 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 reference every time we talk about him because he's a guy that before the season started I never thought his name would be brought up it, I was, his name has been mentioned so many times in the show it's crazy um, <laughs> so I'm afraid of Doyle but uh, it's a good pick man it's gonna be a good matchup to watch how that one unfolds and then the last one is our flex position which again we're free to do whatever we want because no halftime allows us to do kickers, quarterbacks, whatever we want. So we just we just left this open to every position. Um, I went with Kendall Wright this week. He had a huge week last week. Um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Kendall Wright hype train. Let's say he's gonna have another pretty big game. I, I liked what I seen, and you know the last couple of seasons or a few seasons, people kept getting on the Kendall Wright hype train every year and saying this is the year, this is their guy, and so he's back. He's healthy. I think Mariota likes him. He seemed like he was looking for him a lot. He makes, you know, he he goes for the tough play. So I like Wright this week. Um, who who do you have to go against me with Wright? 
Yeah, um, really quick regarding Wright, big shout-out to at 14-team mocker, writer over at Rotoviz, huge Kendall Wright advocate. Uh, because of him, I do have a good amount of Wright in MFL 10s this year. Also have some Dynasty League ownership, and uh, I too really, you know, when Wright had a big week last week, was super excited, but I too am really excited about his prospects going forward in that offense. Um, so, for me, I was really looking for a opponent that has high upside because I think Wright does as well. I think he's kind of a boom-bust sort of guy, so I wanted another boom-bust sort of guy to go up against him. And I stuck at wide receiver, even though it was a flex position, and went with Torrey Smith. Uh, with Torrey Smith last week, he had that one big catch for a touchdown. And I think with Colin Kaepernick moving forward, they're going to be looking to push the ball downfield way more than they did when Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback there. And I think that Torrey Smith is that downfield threat. Furthermore, I've talked about on this podcast before that Torrey Smith has a really ridiculous catch radius. And I think that that helps when you've got a guy like Colin Kaepernick on the field who isn't the most accurate passer, but does have a tendency to lock in on one guy. If that guy ends up being Torrey Smith and he does lock in on Torrey a ton, I think that the target share that could go up for him could cause Torrey Smith to have some really big weeks throughout the rest of the season, and in particular this week. Yeah, Kaepernick, Kaepernick didn't look bad his first game. I mean, I know people don't like him, but he didn't look bad. He played a tough Buffalo defense, and you know, in some leagues, depending on your format, scored decently. I think anywhere from like depending on your scoring, like seventeen to twenty-something points. For his first game back against a tough defense, I don't think it was terrible. So um, he's one of those guys who are, is probably a better fantasy quarterback than he is an actual quarterback. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that Wright and Smith one you know, unfolds because, like you said, it's a really big boom or bust matchup there. Um, so that's it for our no halftime challenges. Again, I'm trying to at least even this thing up. And you said I've already probably won one and lost one. So if that's the case, I need to sweep the rest, right? To, to get, tie it. To tie yeah. it. Yeah, you would have to sweep the the other, uh, th- well, four technically, but uh, more likely three because I think Winston should yeah. be able to outdo whatever Hoyer did tonight. Yeah, if you guys want to do what we're doing, you know, with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers, with us, just go download No Halftime, the app on your iTunes store, your Android app. Um, you can go to nohalftime.com and just download it straight from there if it's easier for you. Um, if you do, use the promo code CLOCK100 and they'll match your first deposit um, up to $100. All right, cool. So the last thing I wanted to do um, before we started to close this thing out was I, 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 I wanted to do not necessarily fancy trade blackjack this week. I kind of wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, and it's not exactly a tr- not necessarily a trade thing. What I want to do is there's some names that are hot right now. Um, a lot of guys that either you know weren't expected to be hot or have just kind of blown up in the last week or two or you know at the start of the season rookies and stuff like that and so i want to see i'm going to throw like four different um situations at you and you just tell me which guy you would rather have of the two um so it's not necessarily a trade it's just which one you would prefer um so it's kind of like which one do you believe in or believe in more than the other um so the first two guys are running backs the the name the, the guys are terrence west and a Jaye. If you had to choose one, which one would you choose going forward rest of season? Uh, I'd probably go with Terrence West just because the situation's more defined at this point, um, especially with their turnover at coordinator. Um, with Mark Trestman there, I was really excited about Kenneth Dixon moving forward because he is a pass catching back and Trestman seems to gravitate towards a pass catching back. But with the loss of, of Trestman and with that offense kind of going to a more traditional style offense again, that, uh, is going to play a little bit more under center. 
I think that we're going to run into a situation where West can really see a lot of success. He, he's ran really well so far, and I think should continue to moving forward. Ajayi is more in a situation where, you know, I, I don't like Miami's offense. I think that he had a huge week, and uh, who knows, could, could continue to, but where was that the rest of this year? It, it's kind of one of those things where it might have just been a fluke game that he had a really big performance in. Or it could be a game where, you know, he showed what he's capable of. And now, you know, his back was kind of up against the wall with Arian Foster coming back. And he seems to have locked in the, the role as at least the first option in that running back rotation. Um, but Terrence West seems to have locked up the number one role. So yeah. I, I like West a little bit more. Yeah, there. I agree with you. I like West a little bit more. I'm a Jai. The, the, the main thing that you said there was where was this all year? Because anyone who was paying attention to him before that game didn't think he was a very good running back. You know, at least this year, he hasn't showed anything at all. Um, so to go from showing nothing at all to that um, leaves you a little bit confused. You know, it's a little perplexing to to just say, yeah, this guy's going to be this guy going forward. Um, plus, you know, he has the injury history. He does have Foster, who I know, you, you know, not a lot of people are worried about him, but he is there. He is talented if healthy. Um, so, and like you said, the Dolphins are just kind of a, you know, their offense is kind of in a weird place right now. So um, I would lean Terrence West too, um, although you're not worried about Javarius Allen anymore, man. No, God, stop it. <laughs> All right, the next two names are uh, Christian Michael, who we talked about earlier, who was uh, a surprise this year, and then um, Ware. For the Chiefs, if you had to choose one going forward, rest of season, which one would you choose? Man, this is really tough for me. Uh, I haven't ever had a good read on Christian Michael, so for me, it's one of those situations where uh, I think I have to go with him over Ware rest of season because I think that Ware, while he is probably still going to have a role in Kansas City, is hopefully going to take a backseat to Charles as as the season moves on, um, but. Like we kind of talked about, I think it'll be a situation where he still gets a good bulk of the workload, and, and it's you know pretty close to an even split there. But Charles doesn't need a lot of touches. Who knows if Ware does? I think that's kind of more of the question, is if Ware's role does decrease, if that will hurt his performance there. So I do like Christian and Michael moving forward. I think he plays on the better offense. I think that as Russell Wilson continues to get healthier, that offense will continue to gel more, and Michael really is in the opportunity there to to thrive. So, so for me, that would be Michael for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree as far as the opportunity, the role. Um, the one thing I would say is I did trade for Ware before last week's game, um, and I kind of just had him. He was just kind of added into the trade. To me, it almost felt like you know it was like a throw in. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um. He, I, I watched the game more closely. Obviously, they played the Raiders, so I was paying more attention than ever to it. And I was like seriously impressed with him. And you know, I don't know, you know how how you know how often him 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 and Charles can do that well together. If it was just a thing that they were playing the Raiders or or what it was, but I was impressed. And so, um, like you said, you kind of have to lean Michael because of just the job is his really, and there's no threat to it. Um, but you know, where is definitely nothing. Um, to just kind of disregard at this point. Because I think some people did when they heard Charles was back. I think they kind of just pushed Ware back a little bit. And I don't think he needs to be pushed back as far as people are doing it. But I do lean Michael as well. Um, the next one is two wide receivers. We kind of talked about one a bunch today. But it's Fuller or Meredith, rest of season. Yeah, I think I got to go with Will Fuller on this one. Um, even, even before Hoyer went down, um, it's – 
just a situation where I think Will Fuller is, uh, you know, the, he was the better prospect coming into the year. He seems to have more boom bust or kind of weekly potential where Cam and Meredith seem to be a little bit more consistent. Um, but from the sample size that we have, we have a much larger sample size of what Will Fuller is able to do in, in the six games so far this year. And, you know, starting the year with back-to-back 100-yard performances was kind of the wake-up call for me to say that, you know, Will Fuller is good and he's definitely here to stay. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Will Fuller in, in that uh, that matchup. And what's funny is there, if you think about it, if you just kind of step back and look, their situations in fantasy um, are kind of similar in a sense where Fuller and Meredith are the young guys that kind of exploded um, in a few games. And then you have Hopkins and Jeffrey who started off, you know, you would say slow, I guess, for what people expected. Um, and so you actually do have people who are like, feel you know less good about Jeffrey and Hopkins than they did about Fuller and Meredith after a couple of those big games. Um, so they're kind of in similar situations as far as a perspective for fantasy, you know, a lot of fantasy owners, um, how people are so high on Fuller and Meredith after their big games and we're kind of low so far to start the season on Hopkins and Jeffrey. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that uh, that's very similar um, in that regard. I, I think, honestly, really the other situation that is true for both of them is both of their quarterback situations are yep. rough. Yep. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a situation to see where, you know, one can overcome quarterback play. And I think Fuller has kind of proved that a little bit more because uh, Meredith, I think, had good quarterback play with Hoyer. So it'll be interesting to see if he can overcome bad quarterback yeah. play with Barkley or uh, with with Cutler when uh, when Cutler returns. Yeah, and, and for me, um, I think you may feel the same way. It sounds like from everything we've talked about, um, if you are high on Fuller and you're high, you are high on Meredith, you should be higher on the other two. I don't. We don't care how they started off. Um, the other two, Hopkins and, and, and Jeffrey, should still be better to you in your eyes, and you should have more value in them and expect more from them over the other two, you know, young, um, explosive receivers that we had, you know, kind of explode onto the scene here. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. And the last one I want to throw at you, I thought it was interesting. We, we were speaking about James, James White earlier. Um, Deion Lewis should be coming back at some point. You know, I, I don't know how soon because it kind of seems like they may kind of hold him off as James White is still being effective. They're going to let, you know, Deion Lewis kind of fully recover here. But rest of the season, you know, thinking about the playoffs and all of that, um, James White or Lewis, rest of season. Oh, it's Deion Lewis, and it's not even a question. Uh, I'm one of the hugest James White advocates. Was coming into this year, wrote an article that included him prior to the season about how he's a guy who's being totally underdrafted and everybody needs to target him. Really what it comes down to is this role for the uh, Bill Belichick offense, and then furthermore for Tom Brady has always been there. He loves having a pass-catching running back who he can dump the ball off to. They utilize the running backs in the passing game more than basically any other NFL team. That being said, Deion Lewis is a dynamic running back who can run between the tackles and do special things in the passing game. He is a special talent. James White is just a guy, and just a guy in the Patriots offense in that running back pass-catching role can have huge weeks, as we're seeing. So when Deion Lewis comes back, I've already done this. I am owning him in a ton of redraft leagues. I'm holding on to him, and he is kind of that guy who I'm sitting on who you know I think it's going to be huge come fantasy playoff time or as soon as he gets back to make that push to the fantasy playoffs because the Patriots are rolling, and I don't see any signs of them slowing down. 
And I think that once they get Deion Lewis in there as well, and Edelman fully healthy, they're going to have their full acumen of weapons, and they're just going to be just this unstoppable offense. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's Lewis moving forward. But for as long as James White is in that role, I feel like he's a guy you've got to be starting week in, week out. Right, yeah, Deion Lewis is a special talent. Let me ask you, though, because people want to know, once Lewis comes back, is James White basically droppable, or do you just hold on to him in case Lewis gets hurt, or is he still usable? He's just a handcuff. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's usable, but I think he is a worthwhile handcuff because Lewis hasn't ever stayed healthy throughout his entire career. Yeah. I mean, that's We've seen that happen in the playoffs that, last year, or in the yeah, fantasy exactly. playoffs at least. Yep, <laughs> and, uh, and it's one of those things, too. Uh, I wrote about it coming into this year. It was one of the reasons that, I was a big fan of guys or guy uh, a guy like James White is because he does give that sort of upside that if Lewis goes down he gets plugged in and in that role he's hugely successful and we've already seen it so far in the uh, the two games Brady's been back I think it's going to continue that way and I think that until Deion Lewis comes back James White is a guy who I'm really excited about. I have him in a lot of leagues. I'm starting him every week in those leagues. And I think that once Lewis fills that role, it's just going to be the same thing. It's a turnover, but Lewis fills that role, and I want to be starting him every week in those leagues as well. Mostly PPR formats, but even in standard. I mean, I'm I'm rolling James White out there, and I'm definitely going to roll Lewis out there. Absolutely. Totally agree. Special talent. If you held on to him or if you have a chance to grab him now, I absolutely uh, encourage you to do so. So, that is it fantasy-wise, football-wise, um, that I had on the slate today. Did you have anything that we missed or that you thought we needed to touch on before um, I bring up one other thing? No, no, but I'm excited for the last one other thing that I think you're going to bring up. Okay, so the last thing that I'm going to bring up is Westworld. And Westworld, for those who don't know, is a TV show um, that me and Adam both are huge fans of on HBO. Um We've gone, I don't know how long this episode is right now. It's almost probably almost an hour and a half. We could go another hour and a half if we wanted to just on Westworld. Um, So there may be future episodes coming in regards to Westworld. Um, But it's just, I had to bring it up, man, because we haven't brought it up on Clock Dodgers yet. Um, You know, we we always try to, you know, throw a little twist in here besides fantasy football and talk about other stuff. And um, Westworld is one of those things that I think all fantasy football fans or whoever's listening um, needs to check out. Um, you want to kind of give them a rundown exactly of what it is because you are a little smarter than me? <laughs> For sure. So um, Westworld is an HBO series that uh, that just kicked off three weeks ago. There are three episodes in so far. It's based on a 1978, or I'm sorry, 1973 film uh, of the same name. Westworld, the 1973 film, is based on this idea of a uh, futuristic theme park where artificially intelligent robots inhabit the park and play out this western themed environment where guests are able to come and act out their you know wildest desires with regards to the television show they took this you know idea from a movie in the 1970s and have really tried to grow it into this giant series um from what we've seen in the first three episodes, just to give people kind of a brief synopsis without revealing anything of the greater storyline, Westworld is a show that features these extremely advanced, artificially intelligent robots known as hosts that live in this futuristic theme park known as Westworld. Westworld is a theme park that um, wealthy guests go to visit 
to act out their wildest desires in a Western-themed environment. Um, that really can be anything from, you know, acting out horrible fantasies to trying to take on the role of hero, and we're seeing how those different things play out. The interesting thing about the series in comparison to the 1970 film is the 1970 film followed guests visiting Westworld. It seems like the series is going to focus more on the hosts, meaning the artificially intelligent robots that inhabit the uh, world of Westworld and what their journey is. And it deals with a lot of philosophical ideas around um, what it really means to be human, what it means to be conscious, um, the idea of the Turin test, which is the test that is utilized for artificially intelligent uh, robots to try and see if they can pass as human. Um, if anyone is familiar with the film Ex Machina that came out a few years ago, it has a lot of parallels to that film. Yeah. If you're a fan of that film, highly, highly recommend Westworld, although I assume you're already checking it out. I was a huge fan of that film. Westworld, for me, already, three episodes in, is one of the most captivating television series I've ever seen. It also had one of the most expensive pilots ever produced for a television series and has some giant names attached to it. Uh, it's written by um, Jonathan Nolan, who is the brother of Christopher Nolan, uh, who also worked on the Dark Knight series, as well as uh, was one of the writers of, or I'm sorry, who wrote the uh, the book or short story that was eventually made into the film Memento. Um, he worked on Interstellar with his brother, has a lot of credentials behind it. J.J. Abrams was also a part of the project, so... There's a lot of huge names that are attached to it. Anthony Hopkins has one of the main roles as a character uh, on in the film, and uh, I'm sorry, in the TV series. And really, I, I just highly recommend that people check it out. It, it's some of the most brilliant storytelling I've seen on television. And more than anything, Neil, I, I hope you feel this way too, because I definitely do. I feel like television is becoming this amazing format for storytelling that really didn't exist before television series like Lost, for instance, but has even grown even greater than that over the last few years. I, I'm not even a Game of Thrones fan, but with series like Game of Thrones in this way of being able to tell a story that literally every day you're sitting or every time there's an episode each week, you're sitting down and you're watching something that's movie quality every week and it's fitting into this giant storyline that you know just unravels with such excitement week after week after week and i think westworld is definitely going to be one of those series um furthermore as game of thrones ends i think westworld is hbo's new project to really boost their ratings up even more and continue to you know get them those extremely high viewership numbers and it seems like a series that has so much mystery built around it that it's going to have people always coming back for more. I know you and I have already talked about it a bunch. I have other friends who are watching it who we're just like constantly theorizing. And that was one of the things that I loved about the television series Lost. And I love it about Westworld too. Is that how you've been feeling? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, everything you mentioned as far as like, you know, the acting, the story, um, it's captivating. It, it, it's got you locked in. You're always wondering, like, all right, what's next? How what what is this leading to? How is this going? And how is this happening? And what are they? You know, what's the next step? And it's like, 
it always keeps you thinking. It always keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, and like you said, I think it's going to be, you know, HBO's main show, especially once Game of Thrones is gone, which it seems like that's, you know, on its way out here um, soon, probably next year or two, next season or two. But um, yeah, man, I, I, the X Machina, um, you know, correlation was perfect as far as um, I think some people, if you haven't seen it yet, when we say robots, we don't mean like, you know, like um, androids, like metal, like you see like that. We're talking about like they look like humans. If you've seen X Machina, that's what we're talking about. Like it looks, acts like a human, but it's not a human. Um but yeah, man, it's it's crazy. You know, you mentioned um, the the one actor in it, um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah, he, he does a great job. But also, if any, I don't if anyone's watched Boardwalk Empire, um, Jeffrey Wright is the name of the actor. Um, if if you don't know who that is, it's uh, in Boardwalk Empire. His character was Narcisse, Doctor Narcisse. Um, he does a great job in this um, in this show as well. There's a, there's a there's a bunch of good actors in the show, but um, it's it's definitely man, it's, there's like there's moments in it when you're watching it and you're like, why did that just happen? You know what I mean? Like what, what was the reason for that? What, what, where, where is this going to lead us? And there's so much twists and turns and, and different things. It's, it's, it's like nothing you've seen before as far as on television. Um, but, it, but I agree with you as far as, you know, television taking over movies, basically, as far as, you know, you used to want to see movies and TV couldn't, you know, hold a candle to it. And now it's almost flip flopped, you know, where, I mean, they're both, they both have their strong points, but, TV has really like excelled to the point where I don't even know the last time I went and seen a movie. I can't think off the top of my head just where I actually went to the movie theaters to see something um, because I'm so caught up in all the TV shows that are coming out that are, you know, awesome quality and I could just wait for the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I it, mean, it, it kind of feeds that, you know, it scratches that itch for me. I don't have to go out and see the movie instantly because I, I know it's going to come to TV because this other stuff is kind of keeping me busy, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. And honestly, I think as far as like a writer perspective goes, if you're a writer, especially like in Hollywood or, or in the movie and, or television and film industry, if you want to tell a really expansive story and a story that has like an entire world built around it, there is really no better format now than to do it as a television series. And I think that HBO really has it down with these 10 episodes uh, seasons and creating these interesting story arcs that, uh, you know, with, with Game of Thrones, they took something that was already pre-existing. With Westworld, they you know did that probably in the loosest of senses. I think that uh, if you go back and watch the 1970 film, which I have, there's very, very few things that kind of correlate or, or line up with the series as it is today. Um, but ultimately, it gives storytellers this freedom to really think big. And I think that that's really the exciting thing from a viewer standpoint is it lets us kind of unravel the mysteries that they've created. And uh, yeah, I, I really recommend people go and check it out. I don't think that there's any show that I've seen that I, I could recommend more. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I really hope everybody out there uh, takes some time if they haven't already and, and watch the pilot episode. Cause for me, it was uh one of the best pilots, if not the best pilot I've ever seen. And the first three episodes so far have been great. Um, I watched the first two multiple times and the third one I, I haven't gotten around to rewatching yet. And, uh, I'm actually really sad that I haven't cause this week's just been so busy, but, uh, but I really would like to, cause it's just that good of a show. And the writing is written in such a way that, uh, you know, it's a show that's shrouded in mystery, so it, I think it really encourages multiple rewatches, and uh, I always really appreciate shows like that because I feel like uh, writers that are able to be that detail-oriented in 
the way in which they're trying to tell a story, it just makes me so excited for where they're going to go with the story. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, it's one of those shows where you should start watching it now and, and, you know, be a part of it as it unfolds. But if you don't watch it now, you're, it's going to be one of those things where your friends tell you after the season's over, like, hey, man, you need to go back and binge watch this show before the next season starts because it's that good. I don't know. As far as I haven't looked at it, like as far as popularity wise, like numbers wise, I don't know how it's doing as far as um, like on a rating scale. I don't know how many people are listening, watching it or whatever yet, but um, I have to imagine it's doing really well. Do you know at all? Yeah. The pilot had really big numbers for viewership, but uh, things like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, I was really surprised. It had like an 83 on there, and I was like, really? Like, what gets 100? (laughs) Because for me, like I said, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a better series. And uh, I mean, I know you're a huge Game of Thrones fan, but where does does this stack up three episodes in for you as far as television shows that, that you've watched and really enjoyed? I mean, it's up there. I I don't want to say, oh, it's better than that, or you know, it's only three episodes. Yeah. I don't want to go crazy yet as far as ranking it, but it definitely, you know, with it, as far as the first three episodes, it's definitely one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, like you said, Lost is one of those ones. I've also not seen a bunch that people have raved about, you know, so I haven't seen all those ones yet. But um, you know, the first episode, even even you know, it's one of those shows where you can't watch it with like distractions. Like I have three kids. Um, you know, I can't like watch it with them around or, you know, in any way because I'll miss stuff. Like if you miss anything, you like lost something important already. You know what I mean? So, um, like you said, it's one of those things. If you watch it over and over, you'll just catch different stuff each time. Um, and and like you, I've watched every single episode multiple times. And the last one I haven't watched yet, like you said, multiple times, but I did watch it the first time. But, um, man, it's one of those shows that, you know, just saying that, that you can watch it multiple times explains to you that not many shows carry that that kind of weight you know yeah um one other side thing that i thought was really cool about the show is um similar to lost and some other series they've been doing little side projects as well so this is a little fun thing for you neil because i don't think you're aware of this but there's a uh, website that they have as a promotional website for westworld called discoverwestworld.com i encourage everybody to go there and just kind of check it out if you're a fan of the show because it's kind of a promotional site for as if you were a guest trying to visit westworld nice and it's really neat because it has a little um chat box in the bottom right hand corner that you can click on and you can ask the ai questions about westworld and it's really fascinating just how it plays along and how it will answer questions and how it behaves like a host And I specifically say how it behaves like a host in a certain way, because as you're seeing in the series, the hosts are very um, multidimensional, I will say. And I think that uh, without spoiling anything, there is a line in the series that is um, something that has came up a couple times now, but is really kind of a, a trigger, if you will. And is something that I do recommend if you go to discoverwestworld.com that you type in to the little chat box. Uh, and that's these violent delights have violent ends or violent delights have violent ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you go to discoverwestworld.com, type that in and uh, type it in a few times and, and, and just see what happens. So uh, I definitely so, yeah. got to check it out. I wasn't aware of the site, but a, yeah, a, a, a question I wanted to ask about, you know, about you know, like Machina X, this, um, these shows with these AIs and everything. Um, do you think just personally that we can 
I mean, maybe not in our lifetime, maybe in future lifetimes. Do you think we'll ever get it that perfect? Like AI, do you think it's ever possible? Um, Because you kind of think without, um, you know, I don't know if you could just ever put that into AI that good. Do you think it's possible ever that it'll be like, you know, distinguishable, indistinguishable between the two? So, yeah, I mean, since I've been a teenager, I've been a huge fan of Philip K. Dick and and a lot of other things that deal with dystopian uh, storytelling and uh, advancing technology in different means. Um, Stephen Hawking actually just gave a speech this week regarding this exact topic of, of artificial intelligence and whether it, he basically said that he believes that um, the advancement of artificial intelligence will either be the greatest thing that's ever happened for humanity or it's 100% detriment. So like the thing that destroys humanity. I think that there is really that sort of um, extremism on either sides of it. I don't think that we can fully understand something as in-depth as creating um, something that's intelligent. But in, conscious, in that, you know what I mean? Yeah, to, to really replicate consciousness, I think it's something that we're very far away from. Um, but for something that mimics consciousness, I think that that's something that we are and, you know, the, it, we're, we're right very close to. Um, my, uh, my girlfriend actually has two cousins who live out in California and both work in the television and film industry. And so as one example, um, one of her cousins, uh, he has uh, done work over the last 20 years in special effects makeup and has worked on shows like uh, The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. And he uh, took us around to um, his studio once to kind of see what he does and one of the cool things that they have there is they have all these lifelike um sculptures that are made to be camera ready so that when they're filmed on camera they're indistinguishable from the actors and i swear to you standing next to these and if you even go to like the wax museum you can kind of get the same sort of feel you don't really get a break from what's real and what's not when you're standing next to something that's made in that way. So with that, you know, those are 100% inanimate objects. So that's kind of the big thing at this point is I think where we are as far as technology goes and as far as um, being able to advance artificial intelligence in a way, I feel like that's just one realm of this sort of advancement. And it's not until we're able to put that in something that's as lifelike as those wax figures that are in the wax museum that we will really have that um, merging of of different fields that can create the sort of artificial intelligent uh, robots that we see in things like Westworld or in Ex Machina or other series that have presented this idea to people that we could have something that's artificially intelligent and indistinguishable from humans. Uh, I think separate from whether or not they're indistinguishable from humans, though, really the more interesting thing is simply what it means when you have something that's a form of technology that's able to communicate with you in the same way that a human does. And we're already having that. Um, yeah. That exists right now on the internet. You can go... And there's many different chat boxes or chat bots that exist on the internet that are highly intelligent and learn as they adapt. Um, and 
those things are really just kind of the infancy of this branch of technology that exists. And really, it's something that's super fascinating to me. Um, I think that it's not necessarily something that I like to put a timetable on because I, I don't really know if it's something that in our lifetime we will see. Right. That being said, like I was talking about, I think it's a merging of technologies. I think in each separate field, there's really fascinating things happening. So like in the idea of language and cognition uh, and being able to communicate these chat bots that exist to be able to support users on different websites are getting highly intelligent. And I think that that's only going to continue more. And then you have things like wax figures that look indistinguishable from humans. But, you know, being able to merge robotics with artificial intelligence, with uh, on-camera makeup abilities, all to be into one thing that looks as indistinguishable as a host does on Westworld or as the AI did in Ex Machina or any of these other sci-fi series that we see. I think that the merging of all those things is probably a lot farther away than each of those individual categories becoming extremely advanced on their own. Yeah. It's a lot of interesting stuff, man. It's crazy. It's spooky in a way. Um, it's weird. It's crazy, but it's definitely interesting. And so obviously from our conversation here, we cannot recommend Westworld any more than we have already. Um, and as you can see, um, I think it deserves its own episode <laughs> because we can go on forever about this. Um, and anyone who's actually listening for just fantasy purposes is probably like, what the hell's going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> but trust us, it's not for waste. If you go watch that show, you'll be like, hey, can you guys do more of that? It's, it's, that, it's that awesome. Um, so I just want to end it now because we have gone um, for a long time here. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to another Adam, not you, Adam, a different Adam. Um, it's actually the, his tag on the fantasy life app is at Adam WX 21 on um, the reason I want to shout him out is because he did go to, um, the ESPN, uh, Matthew Berry and them do a, you know, they do a fancy podcast obviously, but they do like these live shows once in a while. And they did one in Boston. Um, then Adam had posted a picture up of him, um, with those guys with, uh, field Yates and, uh, Stefania bell and Matthew Berry. And he had a clock Dodger shirt on. Um, so shout out to Adam for that. That's, nice. that's awesome. Representing, man. <laughs> Representing. Represent. That's awesome. So, um, big shout out to him. I'm in some fantasy leagues with him and stuff and he does some other cool stuff. Um, he has his own podcast and stuff. So he's good dude. I appreciate it. Um, that's, that's what it's about, man. That's what it's, that's, that's, it's awesome community is all about. Um, so big shout out to Adam. Um, and that's really it, man. We've, We've run this thing as far as it could run today. So um, I, I appreciate it, Adam. You hopefully will have a better fantasy week as we go on here. I know Hoyer's got you down, but hopefully you'll do all right besides our no halftime challenges. Oh, yeah, of course. Can't, can't do too well on those again. <laughs> you keep doing too good on those, and it's going to be really a bad segment. So slow your slow your roll, man. <laughs> yeah if i get too far ahead it's like the no halftime challenges that that neil no longer cares about yeah that's not fun man so i don't know what I have to do but we're gonna have to do something because i cannot let you keep beating me like that uh you're um, gonna have to do better yeah that's <laughs> probably it right that's that would be the the remedy there um but yeah man so that's it for tonight um again if you guys have questions um foul or no fouls fantasy trade um blackjack ideas anything you want us to talk about Anything fantasy football related or non-fantasy football related, anything at all you guys want to talk to us about, Adam, where they hit you up at? You can find me on Twitter at the other FF guy, fantasy football FF, at 
the other FF guy. Check me out. If you guys have start sit questions Sunday morning, uh, I'll answer them for everything except for the London game because I will not be up. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good reason you'll have people blowing up your phone at like 6 o'clock in the morning asking you questions um, that they will not get answered um, it will not be the first time <laughs> yeah it won't be the first time um, so definitely hit him up follow him um, and, and harass him for everything you can um, uh, you know clock dodgers at clock dodgers um, on instagram on twitter um, if you want to send anything by email clock dodgers at gmail.com don't forget to check out all the articles on clock dodgers.com um Josh Crocker puts up awesome um, streaming articles for quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. Um, Eddie puts up awesome split 10 articles, kind of like a power rankings, but his own little twist. So those are fun. Um, My Raiders still haven't gotten on there. I thought it would happen, but we didn't beat the Chiefs, so we're not there. Um, But lots of other, you know, fun stuff on there. So always forget. Don't don't forget to bookmark it and go there. Um, And that's it, man. That's it for today. We are done. We have ran this thing as far as it can go westworld do not forget to check it out and we are back beautiful people we are back that was a long episode i'm out of breath adam's tired and i hope you guys are instilled with some knowledge i hope you guys have been given information that you will now dissect and find the truth to because we know we're not speaking the truth you guys have to find the truth we're just we're just throwing information out there. You know what I mean? Uh, but seriously, guys, I want you guys to have a good week seven. I wish you all the luck. If you have any questions, any starter sit for Sunday morning, any advice you're looking for, trade advice, feel free to hit us up at Clock Dodgers on Twitter or send us a message on Instagram, same name, at Clock Dodgers. You can always email us and get straight to the point, clockdodgers at gmail.com. Be on the lookout for all the articles on the site, as always. I'm telling you guys, if you're not already going there, you're missing out on a ton of great content. If you're looking to stream, guys, if you want to see NFL power rankings, or as we call them, split tens, uh, where Eddie breaks down the real, the real, real for you, not breaking out every team, because we know every team isn't important right now. Just the top 10, just the top five, bottom five. We don't care about the rest. You got to earn your right to get in those spots. So check those articles out. Check out all the new stuff that's coming on the site. Guys, I want to do a contest. I want to do a contest. I mean, something free is being given away. Yes, yes, yes. So what I want to do is um, I have a bunch of stickers here. I have some wristbands here. I want to do a contest where I give away maybe a wristband and a sticker or something like that. Or maybe I do a few of them. Um, Let's go with, let's do three of them. I'm going to give away three clock dodger i'm a clock dodger wristbands um you can choose the color once i pick whoever the winners are um and i'll give it you know a sticker with each of those two they'll come in the package with it um clock dodger stickers um remember guys not everyone has these these are these are these are special these are exclusive you wear these with pride you rep it with pride you're part of a special family so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to keep it simple this time around because i'm going to keep doing more of these and get them more and more involved as we go along but for this one um, it's going to be a review contest, an iTunes review contest. If you've left a review on iTunes already, then you're already in the contest. Um, I'm basically just going to go through and pick, uh, I'm trying to think if I should do a random or just pick the funniest review or something. I think I'm going to go with the, I don't know, because not everybody was trying to be funny originally. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going I'm to give, an, I'm gonna give an award for one of the funniest reviews. One, I'm going to do random. I'm just going to like, Pick just pick. I'm just gonna scroll through and stop. And that person won a wristband as well. And then um, 
for the last one. For the last one, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this because I want to give away three. So the funniest review, a random review, and hmm, yeah, I'll do two random ones. Two random sound good. Yeah, so the funniest review, and then two random ones. I'll do two random ones. So I just say the funniest because sometimes guys leave some funny comments in there and it's just hilarious. So um, I, those are always, they always make me laugh because I always go and check those out to see what people are saying and try to take feedback from it and, and everything else and, and feel the support or the or the negativity or anything that's coming my way. And um, so I'm going to go with the funniest one and then two random ones. So that's what we'll do. If you've already left one, you're automatically in the contest already. I'm not just doing new ones. However, if you have a family member, a friend, a cousin, an uncle, a boss at your job, anybody you want, tell them to go on there and leave a review. I'm telling you, it's super beneficial. It helps the podcast so much. So please go on there and do that. Tell other people to do that. Um, spread the word. I will have contests in the future for different stuff with different prizes. Um, this time around, it's going to be the Clock Dodger wristbands, which after this, at some point soon, will be going on for sale on the site as well. Um, so you'll be able to have that option as well. If you don't win a contest, you can always buy one. Um, I'm going to figure out a fun way to do it, though, because I don't want to just just do it. It's got to be a special way to do it. So um, look out for that. Um, I'm also I've been hearing some requests for T-shirts. Um, so I will start a new process with that, maybe a different design, maybe the actual podcast logo. Maybe that's just straight up on a shirt uh, would be pretty cool to have. So I haven't we haven't done that yet. So maybe we'll do that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. You'll get the news as it comes out. Again, follow on Twitter, follow on Instagram, follow. I'm also going to be doing Periscope a lot more soon. Um, so if you're not already following me on there, follow me on there. Maybe do some kind of Sunday morning stuff where people can ask questions and just interact. It's cool. If you guys don't have it, download Periscope, man. I'm always I'm always trying to recommend cool stuff. It doesn't matter about Clock Dodgers. It doesn't matter about you know anything at all. I'm just saying it's a cool app. You should get it regardless of what – regardless of Clock Dodgers. Just get Periscope. It's, it's an awesome app. If you use it, I guarantee you'll think it's, it's dope. That's a dope app. Um, so as always, guys, look out for the 15-minute podcast. Look out for the Inside Glance episodes. Look out for all the different episodes, 15-minute episodes, fancy football episodes. Just going to keep on piling this stuff on, guys. We got a lot of great stuff coming. And as always, your advice, your feedback, your recommendations, your questions, your interaction, everything is greatly appreciated. I, I cannot ask you guys enough to keep doing it. Keep doing it more and more and more. Clock Dodgers, you guys are awesome. You're an elite group. You're like the Navy SEALs of something, whatever we are. This awesome family that we are. You're like, the, you're that. Shout out to the Navy SEALs. Awesome dudes. Awesome guys. Heroes, to be honest with you. Um, some good stuff coming, guys. So be on the lookout. If you've listened this long, you're pretty much the fucking shit. I mean, I don't know if anyone's told you that today. I don't know if anybody has told you today that you're the fucking shit. But you're here right now, and I'm telling you, you're the fucking shit. And you're in an elite group of people who are the fucking shit. Cock Dodgers, signing out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.